0: Well, good morning, everybody. Okay. This is the fourth Sunday of Advent. We lit our fourth candle, the candle of the angels. we listen listened to our scripture, Luke chapter 2,
1: 1 through
0: 20. And I want us to be thinking, we have a looking at a theme this month during the season of advent of prepare the way and so i want us to start reflecting how many of us have truly been preparing our hearts for christmas we might not think there's a lot behind it we might not think about what goes into preparing for christmas Because what we think and what we see when it comes to Christmas is what the world has taught us to That Christmas is about getting gifts. It's about giving gifts. It's about getting together with our family. That's what we think Christmas is about, right? A time for family and presents. And every now and then, you're on social media, you'll see those people who will share those things. Jesus is the reason for the season. Keep Christ in Christmas. And those all sound nice, and actually, don't they?
1: But it kind of reminds me of that
0: slogan I had back a couple of years ago. You don't even hear it that much anymore. The WWJD, what would Jesus do? For a while, what would Jesus do it was everywhere, right? It was on bracelets, earrings, jewelry. T-shirts, bumper stickers, it was everywhere. The market was flooded with WWJD. The problem was nobody thought about what it actually meant. Nobody actually stopped and asked themselves if Jesus was here today. If I had to act like Jesus. What would Jesus be doing right now in my place? We never stopped and think about it like that, did we, though?
1: Maybe occasionally.
0: Maybe when we were passing people in need, we stopped to think. But we didn't go about living our daily lives thinking about what Jesus would do in our place. And the same thing goes for those little things we have during Christmas time. Keep Christ in Christmas. Remember the reason for the season. If you really wanted to keep Christ in Christmas, you know what you would do? You wouldn't give any presents and you wouldn't take any presents and you would just be praying. And thanking God. for the fact, he's already given you the only gift you really need. Now there's nothing wrong with presents, don't get me wrong. I've been enjoying giving presents. I've been having fun with my mama during the 12 days of Christmas. We've been giving presents to each other each day. I am not saying that you don't need to give presents. I am not saying that you don't need to receive presents. What I am saying is make sure where your heart is when all that is going on. Because if it is more about what you are giving or getting than who it is about, that's where there's that disconnect. We've been looking at preparing the way, preparing our hearts, preparing our lives. Being moved to worship him and singing his praises because there's nothing left but for us to praise. Everywhere we turn, we've probably heard Christmas songs in one way or another. I was in the store the other day, and I heard some Christmas songs I did not even know existed. I heard some Christmas songs I wondered why they even existed. (laughs) And I go, just because you say the word Christmas in it does not necessarily make it a Christmas song, people. (laughs) But we've been flooded with people singing about the joys of Christmas. The question is, is are we really experiencing that joy? Are we really reversing, rejoicing in the birth of Jesus? Like we see in the passage of the very beginning. Now, our first scripture was about Al- Joseph And Mary ended up in that little town called Bethlehem, right? The first part. (laughs) But I, I want us to pay special attention to that second part of the scripture we watch. Nearby, starting in verse 8, in the fields outside of Bethlehem, a group of shepherds were guarding their flocks from predators in the darkness of night I like how it says it they were outside it was dark I want you to think about that okay outside and it was nighttime but not nighttime like we may think of nighttime because even here in the city even if we are in our houses there's still some glow (laughs) We are just so close to the city But if you have ever been to the country, you know that it is darker out in the country than it is anywhere else. So when we are thinking about the shepherds being outside at night, that's what I want you to think about. They probably weren't able to see a whole lot. Yet they were standing out there with their shepherd's hook. Protecting their flock from things that would seek to destroy them. And here we go. Suddenly a messenger of the Lord stood in front of them and the darkness was replaced by a glorious light. I want you to think about it. You ever been asleep and the lights are out and someone turns the lights on? And you know how that moment is, that one moment where you're just sitting here going, oh my gosh, I think my eyes are on fire. (laughs) (laughs) The moments where you develop a sudden aversion to bright things. I kind of imagine that's what this light was kind of like. It says, a glorious light, the shining light of God's glory. Now keep in mind, if you know anything about the Old Testament, you know the shining light of God's glory was enough to make Moses completely white-headed. It literally leaves the color out of his hair. It's that bright. And that's what the shepherds saw, the shining light of God's glory. I like this part. They were terrified. I never thought of it that way before, but would you imagine? You're in pitch darkness. I want you to close your eyes and scrunch them as tight as you can so that you almost see no darkness. Even if, Go ahead. You see how you still see some light? Put your hands over your eyes dark. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I want you to fling open your eyes. Ready? <laughs> Give you a couple of moments to get used to it being completely dark. The whole sense separation thing. That way you can truly experience the darkness. One, two, three. Ah! We were just sitting in this room with the lights on. And it doesn't seem that bright, but that little exercise—the the room was a little brighter than it was ten minutes ago, wasn't it? Imagine that. They were terrified. They were terrified because there's this crazy bright light that came out of nowhere. They'd probably be terrified. We'd be terrified too. And then the angel, the messenger, says, "Don't be afraid. Listen, I bring good news—news news of great joy, news that will affect all people everywhere." Today, in the city of David, a liberator has been born for you. He is the promised anointed one, the supreme authority. You will know who have found him when you see a baby wrapped in a blanket laying in a feeding trough. At that moment, the first heavenly messenger was joined by thousands of other messengers, a vast heavenly choir, and they praised God, singing to the highest heights of the universe, glory. To God. And honor, peace among all people who bring pleasure to God. I want us to stop and pause right there. We're going to talk about that. Glory to the highest heights of the universe. We may be used to thinking it of glory in the highest. At the announcement of Jesus' birth, angels appeared in the sky and filled the night with songs of worship. They sang, Glory to God in the highest. name, because he is more than worthy of any worship that we can ever give. Glory in the highest. So the angels, they're worshiping Jesus in the highest, his glory filling all of heaven. And we've mentioned this before, I want us to take special note. Who did the angel appear to? Kids, come on, did you should know the answers? Who did the angels appear to? Who's the people that heard this message first? Shepherds! Good job. Someone was paying attention. Miguel. Miguel's paying attention. He's always paying attention. The proclamation comes to the crew of shepherds working the night shift in the fields. Now, I don't know much about night or shift work. It's
1: hard. But... I know people
0: who apparently are on shift work and and it's not recommended. These people are working the night shift, which means they got out there when it was dark and they'll be out there until it ain't dark no more. they go to? Herod. And said, hey, what do you know about this baby? Herod, who did he go to? The Jewish officials and leaders, right? And yet, when it came time to say, you know what? The baby is here. You guys start telling the story. He didn't go to the Jewish leaders. He didn't even go to the wise men at first, even though he appeared to them in a star. The messenger instead appeared to who? The shepherds. It sets the stage and offers clues for what the unconditional kingdom, an unconventional kingdom, that Jesus had come to build. At the time of Jesus' birth, shepherds were considered outcasts in Jewish society and culture. Despite their rich history tied to the profession through David, there is no glory in being a shepherd. It was an undesirable job for undesirable people. And that's why it is so remarkable and important for us to understand. that The good news of salvation came them first. Jesus' message of love and grace is sweet to the ears of those watching from the outside. His gospel is not reserved for the elite, but crashes through walls and blows past boundaries to those who need it most, to the outcasts of society. As we would study the dog ministry, we constantly see the fact that he is more likely to go to those that no one else wants. He constantly goes to the least likely, drawing lines, rewriting guest lists, and redeeming lost sheep and shepherds. In this case, they were among the lowest, yet God chose them to receive the news of glory on the highest. He reveals His glory to them in a miraculous way. The question, why? Because the glory of Jesus isn't just reaching to the highest places of the universe. It's about reaching to the lowest as well. We talked about the fact the shepherds were out in the dark. And we even said, imagine the darkness. Not the darkness we're used to in a city, but if you've ever been out in the country, you know when there ain't no street lights and you're diving, driving on those dark country roads, you don't see anything. Now imagine being out there. The only reason the shepherds could probably see anything to start with is because they'd been out there so long their eyes had adjusted to it. Which means when that bright light popped up, it was probably even more startling. It was like all of a sudden they're minding their own business and someone comes up and says, pay attention, watch this, see what the Lord has done. We bring you good tidings of great joy. For unto you this day, this cow of David has been born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What he's saying to these shepherds is his, even though nobody may want you, you know what? In a manger lays a baby. The promised messiah who is come for you. If nobody else wants you, he does. That message love well, We've talked about Jesus being the light. And I want us to think about it in a ways. What we'll go to a flashlight and a it, room, right? <coughs> you light flashlights, you burn candles to light up the dark. The Bible tells us that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light, right? Which is Jesus. He has come for those who need him most. He has come for the people living in the darkness. Just as it all as those walking in the light. And in fact, his message of salvation and redemption is more powerful to the people in the dark because they're without it They are without the light. When the shepherds seen that light, they were terrified because they were not used to something that marvelous. They're used to sitting out there in the field at night with nothing. And the angel appears, the messenger appears, and the light is so bright it's the glory of God shining through. They were terrified. And yet, what did they do? After the heavenly sang, after the messenger, the angel was done speaking, they said, you know what? I want to go see this baby. Let's go see him. This is the Messiah. We've been waiting on him. We have been waiting for this. And we didn't even think that he would ever come, let alone come to us. And he had. So they went, they found the baby, and then what did they do after that? They went and told everyone else. We've talked about how important it is that the shepherds were the ones chosen to spread that first message of the gospel that Christ has come. And we, whoever we are, whatever we've done, whether we are the outcasts and the undesirables, and whether we are the shepherds of our day, we, been called to tell others that not only has Christ come, but that he's coming back.
1: We have been given the task of
0: sharing God's love. Of sharing the gospel story. And so what I want us to do right now is we're gonna take some time in prayer. We have a song. Basically says, What can I do? And I want us to think what do our lives look like. I told somebody the other day, I go, Well, this Thursday is Christmas, and they said, What? This Thursday. That's right, people. The question is, is, have you been preparing a way in your lives to celebrate Christ? And the thing is, is, sometimes we sit here, we lead up to Christmas, but we don't think about the fact that it should be Christmas in our hearts because Christ lives in it every day, 365 days, how a year. We shouldn't celebrate Christ one day when christ is in our hearts every day that we are alive should be christmas in our hearts every day that we are walking with christ is christ coming to us every day is christmas it's about preparing our lives preparing the way for us to understand that. what have our lives looked like have we been preparing our lives for the Lord? Have you ever felt the glory in the highest? Or has it felt like you've been dragging the bottom? Remember that even His glory goes there. I want you to think about how you have prepared yourselves for Christ. Not just this Christmas. But do you realize we have less than a week and a half left for this year? Christmas is Thursday, right? Four days away. Right after that, a week after that, is New Year's. You want a resolution that you should stick to, make every day Christmas by celebrating Christ every day. And I'm telling you, you make that your resolution and that's the resolution you stick with Then the whole year is going to turn around. You're going to find that your whole year is a better place. When you are focused on the light so that his light shines in you, you won't have to worry about whatever's in that darkness. We're going to have a time of prayer. We're going to play a song. And as it plays, think about how you are showing the love of Christ to others. Think about how you are sharing the gospel. Think about how you have prepared your lives, prepared the way for Christ. We can to worship you, to give you glory and honor, and to sing your praises. and adore you and worship you in all of our ways throughout our life. And Heavenly Father, we ask that you help us to be your witnesses, be your tools and instruments in a world that is shrouded in darkness. Lord, may you give us your light so that we can shine that we can show your glory be with us this day we ask in Jesus name amen all right